And welcome back, Tracy Weir. It's good Tracy. to have you back Woo-hoo. with the news again. And uh, to the amazing Martha for tracking down Tracy and getting her back on the air. Dragging her back. <laughs> it's good to have the news again. Okay, so what have we got? Oh, we still haven't solved this. I still haven't solved the quiz yet. Ain't nobody got this quiz I, I'm, yet. I, I'm going to solve it on this clue. I know it. it. You know, we're up to our second last clue. Ooh. Mm-hmm. And nobody's got I've it I've been yet. here three times before. I almost want to say triple prizes, but I'm going to keep it at double prizes. <laughs> oh, how, about, how about this, right? If you can figure out the clu- the quiz before Lyle and after we've given all the clues, there's no clues left, then you can have three prizes. How about that? Okay. Which I don't think we'll ever get there, but we'll see. Okay. Who am I? My name means laughter. No. Are you st- are serious? Are you serious now, Lyle? I'm pretty sure I would have gotten off that one. Give us a call if you know the answer. 1-800-FAITH-FM. 1-800-324-843. What? Give us a call. If you know the answer, we're going to give you double prizes because Lyle still doesn't know it. Okay, cover, cover up the answer then. Just, let, just, just pass me that pass me that clue card, clue card across. Just, just, just you can read it from slide, there. Okay, 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 I'm not going to give it to you because I don't trust you. <laughs> oh, that'll be right. You can read, read the top four clues, whatever they are. His name means laughter. What on earth? Lyle what doesn't know earth? it. Lyle doesn't know it. Okay, I'm so excited right now. No. Oh, never got down to the end. <laughs> You're going to have no chance concentrating now on this Bible study trying to figure out who, who the quiz can. Give us a call, 1-800-FAITH-FM, or text us 491 Okay, so we have been studying the book of Acts and we've been particularly looking at the uh, experience of Paul and the teachings of Paul and so forth as we've been going through the book of Acts. What we're going to do this morning is something a little bit different. We're going to just uh, diverge for a day and look at one of the letters that Paul wrote and look at some of the concepts that Paul was able to uh, develop because of his time with Jesus and his time, you know, communing with Jesus, obviously, and... uh, um, and learning from Jesus, and so we're going to go over to the book of Ephesians, Mon. Okay. Um, this was a this was a letter written by Paul, and I'm wondering whether you can read for us Ephesians chapter one and verse three. How rude! We're going through someone else's mail. Yes. <laughs> Maybe this is why we all have this mail intrigue. mail that was written to a church, and it's interesting because this particular church had a problem with love. <laughs> so Ephesians chapter three. Ephesians chapter one. Oh, one. and verse three. A problem with love, that's weird. Yeah, yeah, because there's there's a number of letters to this church. We have a letter that Paul wrote to this church. We also have a letter that Jesus wrote to this church. Did you know that? No, I didn't know that. Yeah, Revelation chapter 2, uh, beginning in verse 1, you'll find a letter to the church in Ephesus from Jesus Christ himself, and he addresses a lot of the same issues that Paul addresses in his book, the biggest problem being love. In fact, there was a lot of good things about this church. This was a... Uh, was it was a very strong church in that they were hardworking mm-hmm. and they had a very strong attachment to doctrinal truth. Okay. So they're very very big on establishing. You know, this is this is uh, this is what is truth and this is what is error. This is what the Bible says and this is not is what the Bible doesn't say. But they had a problem with love. They weren't a very loving church. That's so strange. Mm. Oh. Well, let's have a look. Ephesians one verse three. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. Okay, so whereabouts are we blessed with every spiritual blessing? 
In the heavenly realms. Because we are united with who? Christ. Okay, very good. Now go down to verse 13 and 14. And now you Gentiles have also heard the truth, the good news that God saves you. And when you believed in Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit who he promised long ago. The Spirit is God's guarantee that he'll give us the inheritance he promised and that he has purchased us to be his own people. He did this so we would praise and glorify him. Okay, so here the Bible speaks about an inheritance. Mm -hmm. What does that imply in relation to uh, who we are as Christians and who we become? Who, Who is somebody who typically receives an inheritance? Uh, someone who is like a son or a daughter. Mon? Yes. Why are you stealing my phone? I stole your phone because your silly wife just texted the answer to our group chat and gave up the pri- gave up the quiz. Shell, texted privately, not to the group chat, and now Lyle's going to see the answer. It's a good thing I saw that come through my phone and snatched Lyle's phone so he wouldn't see the answer. <laughs> Shell, what were you thinking? You're not getting this phone back until you figure it out yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so going to kick oh, myself Oh, and P.S., your wife got it right. <laughs> no, no. Uh, but Shell, the uh, staff member here, so she can't play. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is just terrible. <laughs> this, is, this, is, this, is, this is major, major humble pie. Yeah, yeah. We talked about humble pie yesterday, <laughs> yeah, didn't we? we did. You're having need, a lot of it today. I need your recipe. I really need your recipe because <laughs> yeah, my recipe is, is, is <laughs> I'm going in for seconds right now and it's not so tasty. <laughs> uh, too funny. Uh, yeah, 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 uh, Chloe yeah. and Shell, love you as both. <coughs> All right, so where are we up to? We were talking. Okay, so it's inheritance. We were talking about inheritance. Who is somebody who typically receives an inheritance? Like an offspring, like a son yeah, or a daughter. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And the Bible here speaks about um, us receiving an inheritance, the Gentiles receiving an inheritance, which implies that we have become a part of whose family? God's family. God's family. Mm-hmm. And uh, of course, that's a very, very special promise that we have right there. Okay, let's let's dig into this a little bit further. Verse four and five, please, Mon. Uh, Verse 4 and 5 say, Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided to advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. Okay, so how do we join his family there in verse 5? He adopts us. Yeah, he adopts us in. Yeah. Now, just read verse 5 for me then again. God decided in advance to adopt us into his Ah, own family. Okay, let's stop there for a moment. Let's stop there for a moment. So Mm -hmm. if God decided in advance Mm -hmm. to adopt us into his own family, does that mean that we have any choice in the matter? Because in my translation, it says this. Mm -hmm. It says, having predestined us. Does that then mean that God has chosen our destiny long before it ever happens? Well, I mean, I think it's a bit, for an example. Uh, yeah, okay, before, before we get there, uh-huh, let, me, let uh-huh. me ask this question. What are we predestined for? Well, God wants us to be in his family, yeah. but he still lets us have choice. Okay. Uh, it's in, in, like the way that I understand it is it's almost like a, uh, a couple, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A guy and a girl. And the guy, he's like, do you know what? I'm going to propose to her. Um, I want her to be my wife. So he's predestined this woman to be his wife. Mm-hmm. He has to go to the jewels. He has to get the ring. He has to go to – and so mm-hmm. she hasn't mm-hmm. made yep. the there's choice whole, There's a whole predestination yeah. process taking place here, isn't there? Yeah, he's made the choice He's made a big her. investment yep. of his emotions and his money now. Yep, but he yep. still has to ask her because she still has to – there's a two-player two two game. Mm-hmm. So she still has to make a decision for it to actually happen. So whether or not he's like designed it, worked, it toward, worked towards it, got it all planned, it's still – 
involves her making a decision. So that's how I yeah. see it. Yeah. And I think this is a really good illustration too because if you take if you look at it from the adoption perspective, you know, we're being adopted into the family of God as mm-hmm. adults. Mm-hmm. And if you're adopted by somebody as an adult, you know, if uh, if if mon if uh, if you had a uh, a family who came to you and said, uh, you know, we want to adopt you as our daughter, mm-hmm. you're an adult, you know, you can say yes or you can say no. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Um and you know they can predestine that. That's their their decision. They have destined you to be their daughter, but you have choice in the matter. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think this helps us to understand predestination because you know the Bible describes everyone as predestined. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's you know, right. The Bible says for God, for who God foreknew. Mm-hmm. In other words, who He knew before they were born, He predestined them to be conformed to the image of His Son. Yeah. Who did God know before they were born? Everyone? Everyone. Mm, yeah. So then everyone is predestined to be a part of the family of God. Yeah. So basically that's the plan that God has for them. Yeah. They start to choose it. That's Oh, exactly right. Mm. And uh, yeah, if we um, continue on here, let's have a look in uh, verse 11 where it says this, uh, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things after the counsel of his own will. So the Bible brings up this concept of predestination in a number of places. It does not mean that we do not have the power of choice. So there are those out there who would argue that predestination exists and because God knows the end from the beginning, we have no choice in the matter. Mm-hmm. Mm-mm. You're saying, mm. but if God already knows what's going to happen, isn't doesn't that mean that the decision has already been made? I mean, he's made up his mind that he wants you. He knows he wants you, but he's not going to force you, even though he knows whether or not you're going to choose him. Why wouldn't God force you? I mean, that would give him a guarantee of well, how many he people does, are going to be saved. That, but that immediately makes it not real. God wants it to be real. Yep. He's he's a fan of you know realness and and authenticness just as much as we are. Uh, absolutely, I think that's a really important point. That um, this is a God of love. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Okay, so we've been talking about a God of love here. Does love exist where force exists? If if predestination is a real thing and we don't have any choice, if there's no power of choice, does love exist? No. Are you texting my wife? No, someone else has texted through the correct answer, but there's also someone who just wants to test themselves because they've got a prize recently. <laughs> so, yeah, so Jasmine. Oh, come on. Ja, Jazzy uh, Tregenza. Yes. Um, Jasmine Tregenza has uh, gotten it correct, but uh, she, she got a prize last week, so she's just making sure she's gotten it right before Lyle, and she has. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> Your wife is making excuses for you, though. She's like, oh, he's just having an off day. His brain's just a bit fuzzy. It's not his fault. <laughs> Such a wife thing to say. My wife. My, my <laughs> My wife, my wife is just amazing. She's she's a little cheerleader for you, isn't she? Oh, absolutely, she yes. is awesome. Yes. I love her to bits. <laughs> okay, let's carry on she before we all vomit. Me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, right. speaking of love, yes, yeah, mm-hmm. that's right, yeah. And so, it's, but love does require a choice to be it does. real love. That's right. Because yeah. yeah. if there's no yeah. if there's no choice, then it's like rape or coercion. There's like a million other words for it, but it ain't love. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what it is. And this is the problem with predestination. Predestination, um, as it is taught uh, in some Christian circles, where God in heaven sits up in heaven and decides, okay, these are the people I'm going to save, and these are the people that I'm going to destroy. Teaches that we serve a God who randomly chooses some people to save and creates the majority of the population of the world so that he can burn them forever. It's actually a disgusting theory because if you think about it, right? Oh, if that's God, 
I don't yeah. want anything to do with him. Like, if he knows who, if he's decided who's going to choose him and who's not, why would he even create the people that aren't going to choose him? Because those yeah. people are just going to bring sorrow and horror and pain and suffering to the other people and to themselves. It's like, why would you even bother creating them? Anyone who believes in predestination and claims that God is a God of love has a yeah. lot of problems in their understanding of what love is. They're That's opposing theories. They, just, they cannot yeah, they walk are, together. They are, uh, They're unequally contrary. Completely yeah. contrary. It's an mm-hmm. oxymoron to say that God is love and that predestination um, is a is a, is a thing as it is argued uh, by some Christian groups. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Particularly when you combine that with the eternal hellfire. I mean, these are things mm-hmm. that are just not in the Bible. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. just completely contrary to the character of God. It is contrary to the Bible. It is the most horrific doctrine ever. Um, and and all need- false doctrine attacks the character of God. And that's what we need to understand, that these are um, attacks from the devil to... Yes. to, to to, to blacken God's name. To, yeah, to absolutely to make him look smear like a monster. God's character. So, yeah. Yeah. No human on earth would ever be that evil. Yeah, no. No, not you at know, all. Just sort of sit there and like, yeah, I'm going to create all of these creatures over here so that I can slowly torture them mm-hmm. forever mm-hmm. and they never die. And these ones over here, I'm going to create them um, so that they are my friends forever. They're not going to have any choice in that matter, but I'm just going to create them that way. You know, I want some friends, so I will create some people that it's impossible not to be my friends. Yeah, it's like... I mean, seriously, you roll up, yeah, Even if you roll up together all the, the most horrific despotic you know world leaders that we all like you know hate you know Hitler whoever we're all the world together it's still not as bad as a God who would torture people for eternity yeah like it's just a disgrace and, and particularly somebody a God who created them for that purpose mm. If you think about it, it actually makes him sound worse than the devil himself because the devil, you know, loves to kill people and, and, and that kind of thing. But when they're dead, like the devil has no longer access to them. So you think about God who sticks people in hell like, and uses his supernatural power to keep them alive. Yeah, that's oh, messed up is what that is. It's seriously messed up and it is not in the Bible. No such thing as Helen. If you've got questions on this, we would love to hear your questions. Mm. Give us a call 1-800-324-843 or text us on 0491-064-669 with your questions. We'll put it in for question of the day. If you can find it in the Bible, we would love to hear it. Maybe this is why the church in Ephesians was confused and unloving because they didn't understand God's love. Maybe. Hmm. Maybe. Hmm. I wonder if this was a church, like the, the church at Ephesus was a church... Where you walked into it and no one said hello to you and you sat down and you spent the entire service and no one spoke to you and then afterwards you stood around awkwardly and left and no one ever said a word to you. Yeah. You've been to a church like that? Yeah. It's weird, isn't it? It's the <laughs> yeah. weirdest thing ever. <laughs> I think a it's couple like, of churches that I've been to yeah, have like an Ephesus like problem. Because, <laughs> uh-huh. you know, sometimes I do a bit of traveling and preaching mm-hmm. and you'll rock up and you'll turn up in the church and sometimes I'll just like, yeah, I'm going to just... You know, and I'm wearing a suit. You know, yeah. I'm obviously somebody who fits in. I'm not obviously somebody. Yeah, you know, I'm not somebody who's just walked in off the street. The average mm-hmm. person doesn't walk down the street in a suit and go, "Yeah, I'm randomly going to walk into church." Yeah, today. yeah. Um, I look like the preacher when I turn up, mm-hmm. and I sit there and nobody says anything. I just sit and wait <laughs> and see what happens. And eventually, like someone will come up, like, um, "Are you the preacher of the day?" And I'm like. Yeah, yeah. Been here for <laughs> but that's now. a really random way of asking <laughs> yeah, that question. Yeah. It's like, why don't you say, hey, welcome to our church. What's mm-hmm. your name? Where mm-hmm. are you from? Um, can you stay for a meal? You know, all yep. that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Anyway. <clears throat> Getting back to what we were talking about. You know what the greatest verse in the whole Bible is that is against the unbiblical doctrine of predestination? Uh, I don't know. What is it? John 3.16. Oh, of course. John 3.16. For God so... Now, you think about this. For God so loved the world. There is one word in here Mm -hmm. that destroys the unbiblical doctrine of predestination. Okay. 
For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, or his only son that he gave, you know, that yeah. he brought mm-hmm. forth, his only brought forth son, uh, his only begotten son, that whosoever, mm-hmm. whosoever mm-hmm. believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Ah, stop right there and think about that. Whosoever. For if predestination was a real thing, God would not have said whosoever. God would have said, you know, for 3,536,843 people would have <laughs> yeah, eternal life. That's right. It would be very specific. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The moment that you put the word whosoever in there, pre- the unbiblical doctrine of predestination no longer exists. Mm-hmm. It's gone. Mm-hmm. It's blown out. And this is like the most popular, well-known verse that there is in the whole Bible. That's true. You it's know? one that everyone knows. Yeah, John 3.16. It's uh, <clears throat> it's just right out there. Let me show you another verse on this one. This is Second Peter chapter three and verse nine. Second Peter chapter three and verse nine. Uh, why don't you read this one for us, Mon? Because this one pretty much destroys the unbiblical concept of predestination. Sure thing. Uh, the Lord isn't really being slow about His promise, as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. Okay. Mm. God does not want how many people to be destroyed? Anyone. Anyone. doesn't want not anyone to be destroyed. He wants everyone to do what? He wants everyone to repent. So God's desire is that everybody repents. Will yeah. God force us to do that? No. No, because the moment God forces us, love ceases to exist. So mm-hmm. God will never force us, but his desire is for everyone to be saved. Therefore, he has predestined mm-hmm. everybody to be saved, mm-hmm. everybody to be conformed to the image of his son. It's just that everybody's going to choose their predestination. Yeah, he's, he's planning. Except, yeah. Another word for predestination could be planning. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, so we need to move on with um, our passage here. And we'll go back to Ephesians, uh, Ephesians chapter 1. Sorry, and actually we might move on to Ephesians chapter 2. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 2. There's some good material over here that is well worth looking at. And uh, Galatians, Ephesians, go to eat. Paper continually. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, <laughs> Colossians. All right, <clears throat> that's how you remember it. Ephesians chapter 2. And we're going to read uh, verse 11 to 14, where it says this, Wherefore remember, that you being in time past Gentiles in the flesh, in other words, you're literally born Gentiles, Mm -hmm. who are called the uncircumcision, so obviously, you know, not Jewish people, uh, by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands. Okay, so the... The, uh, the Jewish people called them the uncircumcision. So you've got the you've got the Jewish Christians and you've got the uncircumcision uh, Christians. Okay. That at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the com- mm. Commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who sometimes were a long way away have been made near by the blood of Christ. For he is our peace who has made both one who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of petition between us and so here paul brings this whole concept out and you know you know we look at um um um, what's his name, Fraser, what is his name, um, Manning's comments in Parliament, which was quite bigoted, mm-hmm. you know, between different races and religions. And here Jesus is like, no, Jesus Christ brings all people together. Mm-hmm. And particularly when they give their lives to Jesus Christ, 
um, you know, we are we, we find unity with each other. Yeah, it's true. And I love I love walking into churches where it's a hodgepodge of people, but they're all getting along. So I love that Sydney churches. Yeah, yeah, because Christ is the lowest common denominator, and they're just what they all have in common. And they just yeah, it's a beautiful thing to see. Absolutely. And, and the other thing, I, you know, I've, I've walked into churches all over the world. And, you know, even worshipped in churches where they don't even speak English. Mm. But there's always someone there like, oh, come up. I'll, I'll, I'll sit beside you and explain to you what's going on. Yeah, you know? yeah. It's and true. it's just awesome. Uh-huh. And it's like, yeah, yep, we are studying the same Bible. We are talking about the same concepts. We believe the same things. It's just amazing family to be grafted in and made a part of. This is Chelsea Moon. I know 
That was Josie Moon with How Deep the Father's Love here on Faith FM. And we're coming to the... Uh, last clue of the quiz. Let's, let's see quiz. if Lyle can get this down to the last clue. Oh, come on. <clears> come <throat> on, come on, come on, come on. Okay, who am I? God commanded... By, by the way, you can have triple prizes if Lyle doesn't get this. God commanded my father to offer me as a sacrifice on Mount Moriah. Please tell me you know who that is now. Yeah. <laughs> You can have your phone back now. There you go. Unbelievable. <laughs> Don't say the answer. Oh, that was funny. Last clue. How come you didn't get that, Lyle? My, my name means laughter. That was a pretty good one. You're just having a, a brain fart day. Yep. I mean, my 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 yeah. My whole the one that the one that threw me was anyway. The whatever. taste for wild game. Yeah. Yeah. It's a bit weird, it's isn't like, it? Usually, don't. It should be yeah. Esau. Yeah. But, but it's not Esau. No. No. Yeah, there's another clue for you there, listeners. <laughs> okay, let's stop talking about it before we give it away accidentally. After all that, and then, and then Lyle goes and says that that'll be just terrible. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> we're in the book of Ephesians. <laughs> okay. All right. So we are in the book of Ephesians, and where were we? we were talking about predestination, which is a great subject to be talking about. Oh, P.S. Um, just a little note. As uh, in the break there, my, my bestie uh, texted me, reminded me that she was doing like an Ephesians survey where she was visiting uh, all the different churches that she could and uh, and just seeing, you know, which one greeted their guests more lovingly. And she was doing like a, like, you know, keeping track of so like records. she's a secret shopper? Yeah, like a, like a mystery shopper. A mystery shopper. Mystery churcher. Yeah, and so she, and she was ranking them, and and she's doing a study on is it. Is this a volunteer thing, or is this something she's doing for? It will be published. Conference? It'll be published in the record. What what conference is this in? Uh, it's in Sydney. Oh, but she. Tra- you know what's cool about that? What we don't have any transmitters in Sydney, so we can talk about this as much as we want. <laughs> <laughs> but she does travel a bit, so she has gone outside of the conference as well. She's been down to Melbourne. She's been up north a bit, bit out west a bit as well. So no church is safe. Uh, they are being tested. Well, you know, our, ch- our churches here in uh, North near South Wales get mystery shopped. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Good. They should. Yeah. The conference here employs, um, you know, just a, a standard mystery shopping um Company mm-hmm. who sends you know random people like so these not not Christians or Adventists or anything like That's that. That's amazing. And uh, and they have a whole um, sequence they have to go through. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, some of the churches have done really well, and some of them have done absolutely terrible. Wow, that's incredible. That's such a good idea because you know you never know what that mystery shopper might hear while they're in church. Yeah, oh, yeah. of course, yeah. Witnessing tool, I love it. Okay, so yeah, we are looking at Ephesians. Okay, so we were in Ephesians chapter 2 and we were reading verse 11 to 14 um, where the Bible talks about uh, um, bringing us all together. How does our unity in Christ affect racial differences in the church? Well, we shouldn't have any uh, racial tensions, like none at all. Okay, so let me take you back to the 1990s. In the 1990s, we had the Balkans War. Mm Mm-hmm. And you had a war between different people groups and, uh, you know, Serbs and Croats and so forth. Mm-hmm. Um, and before the Balkans War, we had Yugoslav churches mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because everybody spoke the same language. Mm-hmm. You know, the written version was a little different. The spoken version was exactly the same. Okay. And, and you had Croatians who were marrying Serbs and you had Serbs who were marrying Croatians and everybody had barbecues in their backyard and so forth. Mm-hmm. Then the Balkans War took place and suddenly we're like, well, we have to have Croatian churches and we have to have Serbian churches. Mm-hmm. Is that the way it should be? Well, only as a, in a form of geographics, like there should be churches in the country of Serbia. No, I'm talking about here in Australia. Oh, here in Australia. 
Well, it depends. I mean, I think it's important to provide uh, churches where people can um, understand. Like, if you have, like, you know, people who've migrated from Serbia who can only speak speak, Serbian. No, 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 they all speak the same language. No, they don't. Yes, they do. No, they don't. You know that Serbian and Croatian are different languages, right, Lyle? Uh, Don't don't (laughs) give me that. (laughs) But, you know, it's funny to note that a lot of uh, Eastern Europeans seem to be quite contentious with each other still a little bit these days. Yeah, I have a couple of Serbian and Croatian friends and there's always a little bit of friction between them. Yeah, and that didn't used to... It's sad. It shouldn't be be that way because, okay, the the languages are written differently but Mm -hmm. they're spoken the same. I I think that... um, I know that there there are Croatians and Serbs who will split hairs and say, no, it's different, but the reality is that it is different. It's not significantly. It's not different but enough to the even re- be, be looking at the about. reasons as to have different churches. It's fine to have different churches to provide languages if people have a language barrier. It's not okay if there's different churches because people are hating on each other. That's not okay. That's oh, absolutely. And this is yeah. and this is the thing. I you know, and there were different views there. You know, at the time, it was like um, they said, "Well, you know, how are we going to witness?" to, you know, Croatians if we don't have a Croatian church. They're not going to want to worship uh, beside Serbians. And I'm like, that's actually the whole point yeah. of Christianity mm-hmm. right there. Mm-hmm. And we should be setting an example. Exactly. Um, and, and they're saying, you know, this is going to damage our witness. And, um, you know, and, and of course both sides were saying the same thing. And so, you know, the, the, the churches split up and went separate directions, um, <clears throat> which became quite, you know, acrimonious and, and it was, I, I think it was a disaster. I think we should be actually out there making the point and saying, hey, we are Christians mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and our Christianity is above nationalism mm-hmm. and, mm. uh, and completely outside of nationalism. Uh, this is where we come to worship Christ. Yeah. This is where you leave your political views behind and you simply worship Christ. Yeah. You know, if there's atrocities taking place in the Balkans, that's a Balkans issue. Mm-hmm. That's not happening here in Australia. Mm-hmm. And but you know, even if, even, some- even if it's my relatives who are <coughs> who are either being attacked and um and destroyed, it's happening in the Balkans. It is not happening here. But even my neighbours who are Christians are mm-hmm. not doing that. Yeah. It's people over there that are doing that. Don't bring those issues here. But let's say if Western Australia went to war against the rest of Australia, I don't think we should start opening West Aussie churches in on the East Coast to, to so where people like me who are West Australians can go and worship so we don't have to worship with the other Australians. Uh, even if it was on our shore <laughs> isle, I don't think we should have these segregated churches. I think Western Australia should so totally do that. Dude, we would we would so win. <laughs> we have all the resources. Where are my West Aussies at? <laughs> <laughs> it's like when I was a kid growing up in Tasmania, I was always like, we should secede. <laughs> <laughs> Tasmania, calm down, Tasmania. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to become a, uh, a duty-free state and become the shopping centre of the world. I would totes be up for that. <laughs> totes, totes. Right on the door. You know, who wants to go, you know, here and there, everywhere around the world for shopping when you go to Taz. Taz, Taz is right there. <laughs> it, was, it was an awesome idea. It was, yeah, it was yeah. floated there for a while. Yeah, I like the idea of having the new um, – a massive international airport at Darwin and having that being the gateway to the South Pacific. I think that's a bang, bang idea. I haven't heard that one. Oh, really? It's a really good one. It's a Jaron Madden original. I'm okay. a big fan of it. Yeah. yeah. And also the one where I'm the Queen of Australia. But let's move on. <laughs> We're slightly <laughs> sidetracked here on, uh, on on racial issues and racial differences in the church. But um, And I know that there are people are going out, out there who are going to take opposing views to this. And if you've got a different view on it, give us yeah. a call. Hey. You know, 1-800-324-843 is our number. Open line number, and you can get on here, and you you are free to express your opinion. And maybe get some Balkans to call us and tell us: Is there really a difference between you know Serbian, Croatian, Macedonian between the spoken languages? Am I wrong? Which I'm not, but am I? 
you are wrong. <laughs> anyway, <coughs> Mon is Mon is usually wrong. It's never. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, where we're up to? But let's go down to uh, verse fourteen. The Bible says, "For He is our peace, who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of petition between us." So there was a wall of petition between the Jews and the Gentiles, and Jesus was the one who came along and broke that wall down. Amen. And uh, and continues to break them down. Done. Gone and done and finished with and over with. Okay, let's go down to verse 19 now. Uh, Mon, can you read that one for us, please? I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. You know, I couldn't think of a better place to end our Bible study Mm. than on that verse right there where Jesus has died for us, uh, for the forgiveness and cleansing of our sins and has ascended into heaven. Um, and there is in the presence of God for us now in the heavenly realms, the Bible says. We're going to continue on now. This is Jaden Levick with Blessed Assurance.
That was Jaden Levick with Blessed Assurance here on Faith FM. And we have come to the question and answer part of our show. Yes, indeed. We have a new question that's come in from a listener today, Lyle. Very mm-hmm. interesting yeah. one. Uh, who stirred? Oh, can wait. We, can, we, can we read our, uh, oh, our yeah, angel yeah, yeah. story first? Yeah, go on, go on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. So, so here's what you've got to. We, uh, we put this, we were talking about angels the other day. Mm, guardian angels. Guardian angels. And so we put out a, 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 a challenge or a request. I'm like, send in your angel stories. And this is one of our angel stories. And I wanted to share it with you because it's a really good story. Yeah. Um, we love angel stories here. Why has it disappeared off my phone? Swipe to uh, – it's not my phone. It's somebody else's phone. This is this is the Faith FM phone. And these are crazy things. I'll let you figure that out. Okay. Um, while you're figuring that out, we will go to question of the day. Well, actually, can you – have you got that there, Monica? Yeah, I do have question okay. of the day. So the question that's coming today is um, who stirred the waters at the pool of Bethesda? Okay, so this is an interesting story. If we go to John chapter 5, you can read it right here where it says this. Um, After this, there was a feast of the Jews and, went, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now, there is, a, there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, having five porches. This is just um, to the north of the castle of Antonia. I've actually been there. And if you go there today, you're going to have to go down a long way, about 50 uh, feet or so, so, you know, 20 20 metres, something like that. You have to go down underground to actually see the Pool of Bethesda because over the years, of course, you know, with um, various levels of destruction, the city's been built up and built up and built up. And this is how how ancient cities are. They sort of, you know, they rise up in in a mound. And if you want to find the older parts, you've got to dig a long way down. So you've kind of got to go right the way down and there you can find the Pool of Bethesda. The word Bethesda means house of mercy, oh. and of course, having its its five porches, obviously with um you know columns to hold it up, it would be a convenient place for you know poor people, lame people, ill people to be able to rest where there was shade and shelter from the elements. Now the Bible continues on, and I want you to notice very very carefully what the Bible says. Um, in verse three, in these lay a great multitude of impotent people. Blind, lame, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever then first, after the troubling of the water, stepped in, was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. And a certain man was there which had an infirmity 38 years. Whoa. Yeah. And so somebody wants to know who was it that was stirring the water in the pool? Mm. Okay, the Bible says, uh, the Bible doesn't say that God was doing a miracle here in this particular pool and that, you know, God was just choosing people on a basis of fitness as to whether he would heal them or not. That would be a very strange yeah, it, thing it to do. It sounds a little cruel, to be honest. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, this, you're, this ready? Not... you're ready? You're ready? I'm stir the pool. Oh, you missed out. Sucked in. Like, it just doesn't sound Yeah, because only the, only the people who didn't really need the healing the most would be the only ones who would ever go in there. Yeah. This was actually, if you study into the history of it, a Jewish legend. So this pool had been built and uh, when it was first built, of course, it was outside of the city walls, but it had been built uh, for the purpose of supplying water for the sanctuary, for the temple. And because of its associated with its association with the temple, obviously there were some people who, I guess, uh, jumped in the pool, you know, when the water was all stirred up there on occasions. And, you know, as it does with any pool, you will get, in particularly pools that are associated near walls or near buildings, you will get eddies of wind Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that will at times, you know, stir up the water. And it's like, where did that come from? How did that happen? And somebody was obviously, uh, you know, recovered from a disease. And so the legend went out and the legend grew. And so it seemed that everybody would go there trying to be healed. 
So it's myth. Yes, this was a Jewish legend that you know has become a part of uh, a part of you know the story of Jesus right here. And of course, this lame man he's been there for thirty eight years. That mm-hmm. is a very very, very long, long time. time. And of course, you know, just trying to get into this pool because he's tried everything else. Now, um, you know, continuing on with the story, we find that Jesus goes there, he heals this person and nobody else. Okay. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> verse six, when Jesus saw him lie, he knew that he had been now a long time. And he says, Do you want to be made whole? And the man said, I have no one when the water is troubled to put me in the pool. But while I am coming, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, Rise. Take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made whole and took up his bed and walked. And on the same day was the Sabbath. Anyway, so then he gets in. So so he's healed. He picks up his bed. He walks away and he gets in trouble from the Jewish leaders because he's carrying his bed on the Sabbath. Oh, so you, know, walk, silly. you wouldn't even think about it. Would you just like mm-hmm. walk out of there like this is so exciting. And Jesus just melts into the crowd. He is so excited. He's walking away right there, you know, with his, with his bed under his arm. Just not thinking about it, and suddenly he's in all kinds of strife. Like, oh, what are you doing? You can't be carrying a bed. You know, what, what's going on here? Um, your, 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 your blanket roll or swag or whatever it was that he had. And uh, he's like, oh, the man who healed me told me to do it, you know, mm-hmm. as you would say, you know. And, of course, uh, eventually that turns out to be Jesus who has done this. And so then the Jews get all upset with Jesus because not only did he give this man, according to them, bad instruction, but he also healed him on the Sabbath. Mm. And that was just, you know, they could not possibly fathom the thought that, you know, anyone would do such an evil deed as relieve somebody's suffering on the Sabbath. 38 years of it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm being a little bit uh, facetious there and sarcastic. Anyway, did you find our story for us yet? Yeah, but I just wanted to add one of the things I love about the story about the Pool of Bethesda is that, you know, all these people are there just engulfed in just this myth and yet Jesus walks in and it's like the arrival of truth and the yes. arrival of something that can actually heal and it's like a, right. it's like a temp, it's like a, a type of and our I think world one today. Of the, I think one of the reasons that Jesus chose to do it here was to cho- to 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 show the contrast between myth and reality. Yeah, exactly. You know, you've all been following this myth, but here's the actual reality. Okay, so we asked you to send in your angel stories and I'm hoping for a lot more, but I'm just going to share this one with you. We've got a um, um, share one of them. It says, Good morning, breakfast team. I had an experience when I was in um, Koryong in Victoria. I had a really long day and it was 2 a.m. I was busking my way around Australia and I put my last $16 into my Corolla and that was all that was in the tank. I was pushed by my guardian angel to go to my friend's house in Lilydale in Melbourne. I said to the angel, I can't. I've had no sleep. The angel said, go. So I said, you will have to drive. I felt myself grow in my seat. It was weird and I set off. The next thing I knew, I was uh, outside um, of my friend's house in Lilydale and there was still enough fuel to get to a petrol station after I, after I went busking for money to buy it. Amazing. My friend had accidentally taken an overdose of pres- prescription drugs, but he was okay because I got there in time. So here we have an angel story of an angel who pushed this guy. You need to get to this house. You need to get to this address. He arrives there just in time to save that person's life. It's incredible. If you've got an angel story, please send it through. We would love to hear your story and share it on Faith FM. 
because we can encourage other people and we can all be strengthened in our faith as we look at other people's experiences. Of course, if you have a question, you can call them through as well, Faith FM. Our number is 1-800-324-843. It's 1-800-FAITH-FM. Or you can text your question 0491-064-669. We'll answer them live on air. Thanks, Lyle. Good answer there. Is able to keep us from stumbling. He is able when distances come between everything that we hold dear. He is able to draw us into deeper life. He is able. Cut away like a knife Everything that keeps us from Him Everything that keeps us from Him
Welcome back to Faith FM. You're listening to 87.6, 87.8 and 88 FM. Man, I'm getting all excited. It's like almost the end of the workday for us. And it's Thursday, which means there's only one day left. And after that, it's Waffle Day. Waffle. Oh, I thought yeah. it was Sabbath. It, well, the same thing. We have Waffle Sabbath breakfast every Saturday morning at my house. If you want to come in the Newcastle area, if you live here, give our station a call. I will give the address. You can turn up. We will have Waffle breakfast. You'll have to manage that. Yeah. Maybe space it out a little bit. Yeah, yeah. The house is not that big for the whole of Newcastle. <laughs> We've got plans. I'm going to knock down a few walls. Anyway, speaking of stuff for free, we are giving away our free stuff this morning. It's our free I've just seen section. this one before. What's <laughs> this one? Yeah, this is a new one. I found it in the box where I thought there was nothing new left because it's getting to the end of the box. We need a new prize box. We have a prize box somewhere yeah. sitting ready to be posted to, to us. us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Full of prizes. But uh, I, d- I don't know. This, this I had not seen this CD before. It must have slipped in just recently. So this. This is uh, the new album from Anders Svensson. It's called Goodness and Mercy. It's a 10 track album. Beautiful, beautiful. We love playing his music on our Oh, absolutely. And our listeners actually really enjoy it. Um, and I think you can, music. if you want to listen to him live, I think you can go to um, Oxton Park Church. I think uh, there's so much great local talent here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. If you'd like a copy of this CD, just give us a call now. Be the first person through 1 800 Faith FM. It's 1 800 324 843. You can get a copy of Andrew Svensson, Goodness and Mercy, 10 song album. Beautiful album. He plays guitar, singer, songwriter kind of thing. So, yeah, great stuff. Yeah, fantastic. And don't forget, if you would like to know more about the Bible, give us a call, 1-800-324-843. If you would like to study our um, current Bible study in a small group context where you can sit and answer questions and interact backwards and forwards, give us a call. We can find a location near you. There are 20 million people around the world who are studying the book of Acts right now, and so it won't be hard for us to find a small group in your area, and we can make that happen for you. Um, either that or text us on 0491-064-669. You're listening to Faith FM. There's a light in the valley There's a light on a distant shore A light on a mountain It's the light that'll guide you home It shines in the darkness It speaks through the word light of forgiveness The light of the world Lost in a valley 